Hey guys, it's Jackie, founder of All Mama Care and Mama to a Super Kid. When my son was diagnosed with acute lymphoblastic leukemia at 21 months old, not only did I feel my world was ending, but I was alone and scared. I made it my job to get my hands on every resource possible to become educated about his diagnosis. And I didn't know how I was going to do it, but I was determined to become empowered and do everything possible to help my baby and my family thrive. Along the way, I've had the pleasure of connecting with some wonderful organizations and meeting some of the most caring and authentic people. This podcast is dedicated to supporting parents and families while their child is going through cancer treatment and beyond. I share with you all the resources that have played a major factor during this time in my family's life, and I'm so glad you're here with me. And now, let's get this episode started. If you want to sign up for a call, you just go right on our website. We have all of these different calendars linked with individual characters. You sign up, you can sign up for one, you can sign up for a hundred. We have all different kinds of availability and they're always free of cost. At the time of this recording, it's now been about two months since the world has been under quarantine. I don't know about you, but it's been a roller coaster of emotions. I'm so pumped to share this episode with you and spread the magic. In this episode, it was an honor speaking with Kylie McGrain, founder of A Moment of Magic. Her vision, passion, and drive to create a foundation that provides medically compromised children, as well as those in social services, truly a moment unlike any other. It's for sure to be an experience that they'll brag about with their friends and family. I must note that due to the high demand of virtual calls with characters, many are booked for the remainder of May. However, do not fear, the Foundation will be releasing new dates for June in the next two weeks. Welcome back to the All Mama Care podcast. Today I have Kylie McGrain with us. She is the founder and the director of A Moment of Magic Foundation. And I'm just so happy that you're here. Welcome, Kylie. How are you? I'm well. Thank you for having me. You're very, very welcome. We have been kind of talking offline for a while, and I'm really excited to talk about A Moment of Magic Foundation and talk about such joy that you're spreading in the world right now, especially since everybody is at home in quarantine, staying safe in their home. And it's just so nice to bring the magic into the house. So I'll talk about a little bit about how I heard about the foundation, and then we'll talk about all the wonderful things that you're doing with your team. I cannot craft this any better, so I am going to read this off the website. (laughs) After a little bit of magic in November 2016, a moment of magic story went viral, grossing more than 65 million views worldwide. That is incredible. (laughs) Absolutely incredible. Thank you. The international attention gained us momentum we needed to make our dream come true and allow a moment of magic to be able to be adopted by colleges and universities across the United States. So can you tell us, how would you describe it? How would you tell someone who doesn't know anything about what your foundation is about? How would you describe it to them? 
Yeah, so we are a national organization that provides creative programming to children with medical vulnerabilities. So usually what that looks like is if you see a princess or a superhero or an athlete in the hallway of a hospital, it's usually the work of a moment of magic and our amazing college student volunteers. And even being able to, you know, spread the joy in such a tough time in a child's life, in a family's life in that season, it's, it makes a huge difference. And thinking back to, you know, when my son was diagnosed and a couple of the hospital stays, every visitor was such a joy. It was, it was so nice. It just adds that feeling of being normal, being a child, being able to just be in the moment and forget about all the medical stuff, forget about the treatment, forget about everything else for a little bit. It's just such a wonderful gift. So we actually, my family got involved with a moment of magic, I think through Instagram, somehow, maybe I was following somebody, another account, and they featured you and I was like, oh, what's this about? I like magic. <laughs> and so I clicked on it and then I realized that you could actually schedule phone calls with um, princesses. So I went on the website and we, I saw Tinkerbell and I'm like, Ollie loves Tinkerbell. So we scheduled a phone call. I think it was at the beginning of March and it was a 30 minute phone call, although with a three-year-old, it only lasted 10 minutes. <laughs> and Tinkerbell, she, she was so great. And, uh, and Ollie was really happy to see her because we've been talking about Tinkerbell leading up to the phone call. And um, I told Kylie, I was actually more excited than I think Oliver was. <laughs> But it was so nice because this was at the beginning of quarantine and we were all kind of, you know, really sad that this was happening in the world. And so your title of your foundation really does ring true. It really is a moment of magic. And then for days on end, we were talking about our phone call with Tinkerbell. We told Papa, we told Nene, we told everybody about it. And so it really became such a nice conversation piece. And we were able to tell our whole family about it, which was wonderful. Although our co the, his cousins got a little jealous. <laughs> they wanted, like, why can't we talk? I'm like, well, you know. Um, but yeah, A Moment of Magic is such a wonderful foundation. Can you tell us, how did it all start? Yeah, so I went to school for college in New York City, and I was on a community service scholarship. And I was looking at different volunteer opportunities, and I've always just felt drawn to wanting to volunteer at a pediatric hospital, but it's really understandably difficult. And I wasn't in the medical field. I was studying English and communication, so there was no organic synergy there. But I went home for Christmas break. I'm from a small town in Pennsylvania. And I remember scrolling through Facebook, and I'm a huge Taylor Swift fan. And I saw a video of her at Memorial Sloan Kettering going in to see the kids and singing songs. And it just kind of stayed in the back of my head, like what an amazing thing she's doing with her time. And later that day, my mom was flipping through the channels and she saw Frozen on and we watched the first couple of minutes and she just kind of made an offhand comment like, oh my gosh, you kind of look like Elsa. That's so funny. And it just was this click. It was an epiphany where, oh my gosh, what if I dress up? as a princess and go into the hospitals. So I texted a couple of my friends. I thought this would be something we do maybe once a month. Um, but then we finally got into the hospitals and started volunteering and it was literally all I talked about. It was my favorite thing to do. And five years later, it's become my entire life's mission. 
That's incredible. <laughs> Thank you. To have a vision like that. And then now you have more than over a thousand volunteers, college yeah. volunteers. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> incredible. Can you talk a little bit about how would a family either in, well, maybe you can talk about how would a family sign up with the services? How do they become involved? Yeah. So everything we do is completely free of cost always. So we work a couple of different ways. We could have individual families reach out right on our website. We have an intake form where you just say where you're from, what your child's age is, if they have a favorite character. We even do in non-coronavirus world, um, end of treatment parties or birthday parties, or if you're getting a wish granted, we do things like that. And then we actually work directly with hospitals to do programming regularly where we can go and see the kids and patients. So we work a ton of different ways, but I think something that I love about our foundation is we're so unique and flexible. So if there's a family that you know really wants a specific vision in mind, we do everything we can to make sure that vision comes to life. That's incredible. How how does it work if you're at home? So I talked a little bit about how we scheduled a call with Tinkerville. How does it work if a family wants to schedule a call while they're at home? Yeah, so every week we're releasing new calls, which has been really amazing because as I mentioned, all of our volunteers are college students. So they've had their entire semesters interrupted. And when they have gone home, they have taken their costumes with them. And even though they're doing online classes and a million other things, they're still taking so much time to volunteer. So if you want to sign up for a call, you just go right on our website. We have all of these different calendars linked with individual characters. You sign up, you can sign up for one, you can sign up for a hundred. We have all different kinds of availability and they're always free of cost. That's so wonderful. I want to kind of turn the conversation to your multiple press outlets. I was viewing the website and I cannot even begin to list off all the amazing uh, channels that you guys have gotten coverage on. You mentioned that this foundation has been around for five years and just to name a few, you've been featured on the Today Show, CNN, um, multiple news channels, Kid Fit Matters, Good News Network. Absolutely incredible. How how did you handle that? Yeah, thank you. <laughs> um, so we were sitting down and looking at what we wanted a moment of magic to be. One of the first things that really struck me is when people were finding out about what we were doing, there were parents reaching out to me from Texas and California and Oregon and asking if I could come visit their child. And as a college student in New York, it was really difficult to say that I didn't have the ability to do that. But I wanted to make sure that this was something that it wasn't just me because it's not about me. It's about getting as many people involved as possible. So we sat down with our team and created this chapter system, but we knew in order to do that, we had to get in front of college students. So we kind of just reached out to an organization called Elite Daily um, and they kind of do like aggregate blogs and have freelance journalists and after a couple times of messaging them, they finally answered and shadowed us on a visit. And we, I remember sitting in my dorm room at the time and thinking, you know, I hope this video gets 10,000 views. I hope the right people see it. And I remember after the first night, we woke up the next morning and it had over a million. Our website had crashed. It had been <laughs> a whirlwind. So it was really fantastic to see how many people loved what we were doing, but not to lie as a senior in college, it was a little bit overwhelming yeah. to have that many eyes on what we were doing. Wow, that's incredible. 
So how did the whole chapter system begin? What did you, how did you start reaching out to different colleges? So we started looking at colleges we thought would be a good fit for us. So we wanted not just New York City, but across the country. And then we opened up a chapter application. And when we were forming the application, we looked at everything from how sororities adopt chapters to forming a lacrosse club to student government um, and kind of made a mashup of all three and then sent them out to people that had just reached out on the website and said that they were interested oh. and did a lot of social media networking and also friends of friends. So, you know, I grew up in Pennsylvania. I know people at Temple University. I'm just going to send it their way and see if they would be interested. Um, and luckily we had a lot of really great people reach out. Um, and our first year we went from one chapter to 10 chapters after that video happened. That's incredible. <laughs> Thank you. It's so wonderful to have such a great extension of community. One of the reasons why I started this podcast was because when my son was diagnosed, I felt I was missing that sense of community. I really wanted to hear another mom or another dad talk about their experience. And I have been very open from the beginning because that's how I cope with what's going on. And I want to thank you so much for just opening up your heart, opening up your time and first off creating this foundation, but also like you said, spreading it to as many people as possible and not having it be this like elite little club because for me and for my story, the pain of his diagnosis was so much that I could not keep it in. I had I had to give a little bit to everybody so that they could take it away. And in turn, I was able to be lifted through that. So we've been really blessed to be a part of the Love Your Melon crew. Wow. And um, again, the same way, they had college ambassadors. They were able to come and visit. And it was nice to connect with some college kids and talk about, like, I know that this is something of interest to you, but there's more than this. Like, there's, there's, and of course I kind of go into my like whole coaching, like career mode, like, what do you think you're going to do after this? But your heart has to be in the right spot to do this kind of work and to realize not only is it, it's fun for you guys, but it means the world. I'm going to try not to cry, but it means the world to these families and these kiddos that are going through such a tough time because nothing about this is fun. And so for you to bring in a moment of magic and be like, you know what, forget about everything else and let's just have a party. That's been a great coping strategy for us in, in every milestone. And I love how you said every birthday party, end of treatment party, make a wish party. Like that's one of the great things that I believe has really saved me through this journey as he gets better every day is really taking time to celebrate every little milestone. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think it, what's been really amazing to see, especially from our college students and just their feedback, for the first time when you're in college, you start to think outside of yourself. Um, so much of your life when you're growing up, you think of, you know, internally. But when you're in college, you really can see the impact that you have. And one thing that I've really seen myself personally and our students and our volunteers is that you start getting an appreciation for the small things and the things that you're privileged to do. Mm -hmm. And one of 
my favorite pieces of feedback that I can get from a volunteer is that doing this has made them reevaluate what they want to do with the rest of their life. And it's so amazing when I either hear people say, this confirmed to me that I want to be a nurse. Or for me, I didn't know what I wanted to do, but now I know I want to help kids and I want to be a teacher. And it can transform people in so many different ways. And it's just, you know, like we said before, it's such a simple idea, but it's the simplest things that mean the most and have the biggest impact. That's so true. We talked about the services that you offer inpatient, out of patient, at home. Everything is volunteer based, so it's completely free. And I know I had read somewhere on your website that you were also trying to extend it to high schoolers. Yeah. Is that how is that working? So we got a lot of outreach from people in high school saying that they wanted to help and volunteer. So we're looking for different ways to activate this them in this community service work. Um, so what we're doing right now is called a high school ambassador program. So we actually will match them with their closest chapter so they could go and do some of the trainings. If there's any parties that we're hosting on campus with the kids, we'll do something like that and some kind of collaboration. But we'll do book drives and toy drives. And it's a really great way for them them to get involved in the community service work, but also for them to see a direct impact. Um, because for a lot of the hospitals, understandably, you can't go in and volunteer until you're 16 to 18 or older. So this is a really great way to kind of ease them into that volunteer. Yeah, so it's really cool. So did they get hooked up with like, you said they get hooked up with a chapter and they go, they would physically go to the closest chapter and they could go to all the training yeah. and they could um, get the orientation that way. Yeah, exactly. That's really wonderful because being in high school, I, you know, of course my vision was, okay, next step is college. But I think also too, creating that bond and that friendship with other college students and being a part of such a larger network of people really helps to kind of move your brain forward. Like you said, thinking outside of yourself and, and seeing the bigger picture because I'll admit it, college, I was like, yeah, finally freedom, you know, but going into it, knowing that you're going to be a part of something that is literally, like you said, going to change the direction of what people end up doing for their career really has such a major impact. And so I, I just want to commend you so much for everything that you've created in the past five years. It's absolutely incredible. Thank you for saying that. But, you know, I really can't take all the credit. It has been a team effort. And I am so lucky to have the team that I do, whether it's our volunteers or our board of directors, for seeing a silly vision of just like me in this awful costume at the beginning and saying this can really be something. It wouldn't be what it is without our amazing team. Now, do you also work with the child life specialists? Do you team up with them as well? Yeah, exactly. And we love the child life specialists that we've worked with. They really are instrumental in helping us make sure we know exactly what we're doing and how to best serve the community. And, you know, especially now with everything going on, I have to give them so much credit because in the last couple of weeks, we've reached out to them and said, you know, what do you need? How can we help? And the way that they've been able to create that gap between not having anyone come in and doing virtual programming or something different, what they've been able to create has been amazing to watch. They're such amazing people. They are our lifeline. Ollie had to go into clinic for a spinal treatment and treatment through his port last Wednesday. And we had a boatload of anxiety building up to that. But I knew I was like, you know what? Our child life specialist is going to be right there. And 
as soon as they got in the room, my husband brought them in because our hospital's minimizing the number of people that go in. And Ryan said right away, Ollie was like, oh, thank God, I missed you. Like he, he actually said, I missed you, Nicole. <laughs> so they are really such an essential part of your child's treatment if, if your child wants to get involved with the child life specialist. And really, it's so wonderful that you have such a nice friendship and relationship with the child life team because you're an extension of that. It's been really amazing. And I remember the first time we went into a hospital, it was a child life specialist that sat us down and said, here's exactly what you need to know. Here's how to interact with the kids. Here's what to say. Here's what not to say. Here's what you need to do after for your own self-care. They really have helped make a moment of magic everything that it is. They're amazing people. That is really insightful that you said that they kind of coached you mentally on how to kind of approach families because of course I'm looking through it from another lens and I'm just so appreciative. I, like my husband and I say all the time, how, how are these people able to do it every day? Because it's, it's mentally draining. You guys are seeing many families and it's not always good news. So without kind of getting too much into it, how, what are some tips that they gave you? Like, it's funny because I feel like Obviously, as a parent going through this, I like to look at it from all different perspectives, and it kind of makes me appreciate the caregivers even more. But what are the tips that they gave you when you're interacting with the family? Is there anything particular that they say um, that kind of helps you through it? Because some visits might be hard. Yeah, and I think one of the biggest pieces of advice that they said this is definitely not their wording. They definitely said it a little bit nicer, but it's not necessarily about the volunteer when you go in. Once you go into that hospital, it's no longer about you. It's about the family and how we can best serve them. And it's really important that with everything that I say, with everything that I do, every interaction I have, I have to really put myself in the place of the person receiving that action. So if I was to go in and a child was having a bad day and I was to get emotional in front of the child, I'm not thinking about the child, I'm thinking about myself. So it's really important to you know, constantly put the child's best wishes first. And I think that that's been really helpful because we're not there to talk about sad, scary things. We're there to bring the mood up and be happy and excited and do what we can to just get one smile out of a child. If we can do that, we won. <laughs> that's everything we need. Yep, because you know what? You just never know. A family could be really excited and looking forward to the day, and then the day comes, and they're like, today's not a good day. Yeah. And you kind of just have to rally, like you said, just you're focused solely on the child, and you're able to zone in and figure out, okay, what's going to work best in this moment right now, and be solely focused on what that child needs. Mm -hmm. And that's hard. That's hard mental work to do. Yeah, it, it is hard, but I also think it's really rewarding. Um, and it's not just about, you know, making the child smile, but there's also these moments where the parent gets to see their kid just be a kid. And that's just as rewarding. You know, if that child is happy for a minute, it has such a, a dynamic effect on the whole family. Um, and really understanding that what we do is a privilege. And while we're there, we have to give 150% because we just want to make life a little bit brighter just for a couple minutes. This is a question that just kind of popped into my mind, but if you guys don't have a certain character and a child is requesting it, is there a possibility to request that character? 
So we have 93 different characters right now on our roster. So we have a whole bunch of them. That's but incredible. Can you, can you tell us, tell our listeners some of them? Yeah, so we have Cinderella, we have Snow White, Rapunzel. Um, we also have a ton of superheroes. We have almost anyone that you can think of. We have original characters, which are my personal favorite because they actually were created from the imagination of kids that we see. Um, we ask them who they'd like to meet. So we have a unicorn fairy. We that's have a cool. princess that spends her time going into the hospitals and doing ice cream sundae parties. So those are my personal favorites. That's cool. That's but really cool. If we don't have um, the character that that family is specifically requesting, we'll say, we're really sorry, but we do have all of these amazing things and hopefully we can find something in the yeah. middle. Oh, that's wonderful. Wow, 93. Oh my I, gosh. Great. I didn't know that there were this many characters before <laughs> we started doing this. <laughs> that's incredible. So let's turn the conversation to fundraising and donations. And I know that you have an annual gala. Can you tell us more about? all of that, how it works? Yeah, so we are an entirely grassroots organization. So every dollar that comes into the organization, we're pushing it back out to making sure that it has a huge effect. My favorite statistic to give is that every $5 donated allows us to reach another child battling a serious illness. So every year we host our gala, and hopefully this year is no different, where we can host our gala, and that's our biggest day of impact during the entire year that allows us to continue to sustain, to provide these services for free for hospitals and families. Now also, does any of your uh, fundraising efforts go towards research? So we don't do any research specifically, and I would say that's mostly because we're not just a cancer organization. Um, so we do primarily serve children with cancer, but we also work with children on the autism spectrum and in foster care and any kind of critical or chronic illness. We try to meet that need as well. Wow, that's wonderful that you're able to reach all of those children because it's hard to say, but many times they feel, and this might not be the correct wording of it, but cancer kind of gets a spotlight. Mm -hmm. And so it's working, having worked in special ed, every child is so important, especially those that are going through everything that you just said. Um, it really, it really does make a difference because the kids, they talk about it. It's a conversation piece. It's something to hold on to and it's something to look forward to. That is absolutely, that's wonderful. And I know that your gala is scheduled for September. So we will keep our fingers crossed that <laughs> coronavirus will go away. But um, I'm sure, you know, if we're not able to have the gala in person, then I'm sure your team will figure something out and next year will be even sweeter. Yeah, absolutely. We're already thinking plan A through Z, <laughs> but being really optimistic that hopefully we get through this sooner rather than later and it's safe to host it in September and we raise a ton of money to allow us to keep doing this for the kids. That's wonderful. Is there anything else that you'd like to add to let our listeners know, maybe like a project that you guys are working on or something that you really want to highlight that you've been doing currently? I think the biggest thing right now, it is so topical with the coronavirus, but we have really pivoted in the last month and I'm really proud of my team and I just feel like I have to brag about them first. Do it. Go girl. Go. Our volunteers, like I said, they're college students. They were in the middle of spring break for getting ready for finals and they had to evacuate their campuses. And when they were packing up their things, if they had the ability, they were packing up their costume, their wig and their shoes with them. And in the last month, we've done over 110 individual 
character calls for kids. And wow. we've actually seen an increase in the amount of visits that we've had requested comparatively. So, you know, right now it's really just about connecting to families and letting them know that we have this resource. But also we've been really privileged to work with some of these child life specialists and we're now actually broadcasting and live streaming directly into each patient's room with specific hospitals. Oh, so it's been really amazing. And if you are a parent of a child that's in a specific hospital, and this is something you think your hospital would enjoy, have them reach out to us because we just want to help as many kids as possible. Well, I may be talking to you offline about that and see yeah. if we can get our hospital hooked up. And I think that that would, you know, if families opt into it, that would be something that would definitely help during this time, knowing that the hospitals are cutting down on any extra visitors, really bringing a sense of joy and magic into the room as much as possible would be wonderful. And lastly, Kylie, what motivates you to do the work that you're doing right now? Because it's, it's a lot. You're doing a lot of things. <laughs> Well, thank you. Um, I think that if I put it very simply, it's because the work has to be done. You know, kids are diagnosed with cancer. Kids are facing chronic and critical illnesses. And there are so many amazing organizations out there that are coming at this problem from different directions. But we do something a little bit different. And I think that what we do is essential. There needs to be someone that walks into a child's room that's somewhat familiar to them that's just saying, what's your favorite color? What's your favorite movie? What's your favorite animal? And not, how are you feeling today? Does anything feel uncomfortable? Are you hurting? Are you tired? There needs to be someone coming in that's positive and, you know, really wants to make the experience a little bit less scary. And I think we could be one of those people. Well, you're definitely doing amazing work and I'm really excited for our call with Spider-Man in May. <laughs> and I know that we'll definitely be scheduling a lot more calls. It's, it's so wonderful that you are able to provide unlimited phone calls because, you know, if a child's going through a really tough stretch of treatment, they're going to need that to help them through that. So thank you for making that available. Of course. And thank you for utilizing our resource and also sharing it with other people because we can't do what we do unless we have people like you using it. You're very welcome. Um, so if people want to find you, what's the website? What's your social media pages? Our website is a momentofmagic.org. That's the best place to go for all of our resources. But you can also see us on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter at Moment of Magic Foundation. And if they have any questions, they can email info at a momentofmagic.org. Yeah, exactly. Kylie, thank you so much for your time and talking about this amazing thing that you've created. And I just can't thank you enough for, and thank your mom for giving <laughs> you this idea because it really is, it's perfect for the time that we're in right now. And I, I really feel like it's going to help a lot of other families and a lot of kiddos. So thank you so much for doing the work that you do. Thank you. And thank you for sharing your story as well. It's definitely inspiring to myself and our volunteers. And we really appreciate you welcoming us into your home and onto your computer and onto this platform as well. Thanks for taking the time to listen to this episode. If something from this stuck with you, I'd love to hear from you. Feel free to message me on Instagram or on Facebook and tell me what you thought. Join the private All Mama Care Facebook group to connect with me directly and other listeners across the globe. You can even send me a voicemail. Simply go to anchor.fm backslash time backslash message. Wherever you're listening to this, take a screenshot, tag me and a couple friends. 
You never know, it might be exactly what someone needs to hear today. The light within me honors the light within you.